With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Michael and I will share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael or myself or forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, your co-hosts, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is Friday, May the 20th, 2016. Air calling number is 646 200 4169. Press 1 and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Well, thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everyone. We are honored that you are once again with us to engage in this conversation about first century Aramaic forgiveness. The opposite of what our culture teaches is forgiveness is what was taught in the first century. And what we're working to do is to understand and share that understanding and the tools for freeing ourselves from the insanity of the belief that it's all somebody else's fault. I ran across a uh, an interesting quote from Carl Jung. I mean, he just comes up with so much awesome stuff. And the most recent one that I found was one that says, what if I should discover that the poorest of beggars and the most imprudent of offenders are all within me? And that I stand in need of the alms of my own kindness. That I myself am the enemy who must be loved. What then? What insight Carl Jung had. You know, for a man who did not have the tool, at least as far as we can determine, did not have the first century tool of forgiveness, his insight is monumental. Uh, it would be interesting to sit and have a conversation with him on how he arrived at understanding what he understood about how it's all an inside job 
And when we recognize that perception is a construct, when we recognize that the world we see is constructed by our minds, then we realize that whatever we have to say about the world, especially when we tag it with some kind of painful emotion, is really simply a reflection of our own pain. The realities, the words, the thoughts, the feelings that come forward always tell us first and foremost about the contents of our minds. The mind can't structure reality out of content that it doesn't have. Now, what we have to say about what happened in our environment may be accurate about them. That's a possibility. You can't really tell whether it's accurate or not by the fact that it comes up in you. The one thing you can tell accurately is that if it comes up in you, it's yours. If you don't like it, what you might want to be doing is applying first century Aramaic forgiveness, which is a tool for collapsing the output of the mind. And when you collapse the output of the mind, you get to look at what's hiding underneath. When you look at what's hiding underneath and you bring the active presence of love with you to that space, then everything changes. And we are here to support everything in your life changing. Genius, Dr. Tim Willis. He is, and he's on. Cool. Well, Dr. Tim, how do you be, sir? I'm keeping the introduction short, being Friday. I'm expecting that we're going to have a barrage of calls. And so what do you have to share with us today? What's exciting well, in your we world? Had, we had a... Thursday evening Mind Shifters group last night. We had two attendees, one who's not been to the Thursday night meeting for a long time, and several people who normally come emailed and texted and said, sorry, we can't be there. So, again, I like to just throw this out for people who are either thinking of doing Mind Shifters groups or who run Mind Shifters groups, and they sometimes think, well, gee, there aren't enough people or, you know, I can't get one going. These these groups where there's just one other person and myself or two other people and myself often tend to be some of the most intense, deep learnings, sharings. And so, yes, it's wonderful to have the big numbers and the energy that gets generated when there are eight or 10 or 15 people all holding the space of love and someone's working on a worksheet or processing something. And it's also, in a whole different way, very beautifully, intensely, poetically powerful when there's just one or two other people in the room and I'm looking at deep concepts or processing my own work. So... That's my offering. I mean, I I just I, I keep trying to tell people the the process of the Mind Shifter support group was for years the highlight of my week. So much so that I restructured my practice and expanded the office space so I could have another one. And I I, I understand that that's not everybody's thing, and not everybody would enjoy it 
the way I enjoy the, the support group atmosphere. I also, however, know that there are a lot more people who would enjoy it if they gave themselves the chance, and you really can do it. You can just download the book for free and start reading it and discussing it and or get one or two of the videos and start watching them and doing worksheets, and the magic will happen. It's guaranteed. And and it takes commitment, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. I go back to the early days of developing this work and doing it, you know, for the first seven years of doing it full time. You know, my world had taught me that if you're going to do spiritual work, you're going to be in poverty. And you know, that's where I lived. There were times when I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids tomorrow. And I can remember one weekend I used to do a 23-hour weekend. I would start Friday night, go to 11 o'clock at night. Saturday, start at 9 o'clock in the morning, go till 11 o'clock at night. And Sunday, go from 9 until 6. And I remember one time I did that 23-hour weekend for two people. And people said, Michael Bryce, you're crazy. Why would you do that? And my answer is that once you commit to something and you put one foot in front of the other, then you just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I mean, over the last almost 50 years of developing and doing this work, there have been a million times where it would have been easy to say, you know, this is too much struggle, it's too hard, there aren't enough people, there's not enough response. And yet, here we sit now with the book virtually in virtually every corner of the globe, support groups all over the globe, and this wonderful technology that allows us to record this radio show every day so that we've got over 1,500 hours of material that will be available to people forever. And it would have been easy back then when two people showed up for a whole weekend and to say, you know, this is too much. I'm going to go get a job and make money. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in full agreement with you, Tim, and, you know, to inspire people, you know, if one other people's person shows up and you have that discussion and you do a worksheet together, then you've started something. And one foot in front of the other, the energy will move until, I mean, you, you just don't know who you're going to impact and how you're going to impact people's lives. It's, it's, uh, it's such a gift. And then, of course, how are you going to impact your own life as you move forward? Well, so, what what came up from the what what came up from the group last night was that I was moved to go back this morning and re-listen to um, another Krista Tippett show where she interviewed the poet David White, W H Y T E, and um, I wasn't really sure why I was drawn back to it, but one of his topics uh, and or books is entitled The Conversational Nature of Reality and how we structure our experience through the use of our words. And as we work in the support groups, to clarify what's meant by this word. What am I meaning by this word? What is 
Guy Finley trying to say here? How is what Guy Finley's trying to say with these words that are slightly different than Michael Rice's words, how are they really getting at the very same thing? And teasing that out and helping people uncover the meanings they hold and that they've attached to these various words so that a deeper truth about our nature, which is universal to every human being, can be experienced and understood at a new level, that's the magic for me in the support group work. And I, I highly recommend poetry. Um, you know, one of his definitions for poetry is it's language against which we have no defense. So poetry can get in and touch us in places and help us question and experience things more deeply than prose can simply by its very nature, the vibrations it sets up with the pacing, with the, the, the crafting of the words. So David White, again, it's on being.org. Krista Tippett does weekly interviews, and uh, a number of weeks ago she interviewed David White, W.H. Y-T-E. And it's a lovely way to spend an hour and open your mind to some of the some of the deeper levels of appreciating ourselves as human beings, our vulnerabilities, our temporary nature, our deeper potentials. So that's that's what I have to throw out for today. Perfect. I just and, you know you Go ahead, sweetie. I was just going to say, I just put a link in the archive notes for today to that show. Thank you. Awesome. You know, you go back to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, and he says the power of life and death is in our words. And you'll notice that all forms of media are always attempting to get someone's attention so that that media can put their words into that person's mind. And basically, whoever puts the words in, whoever determines the words of the conversation, runs the culture. We were looking and holding a space this morning for the Egyptian flight that, uh, that uh, crashed. And it was interesting to listen to a report where it says the American investigators that are assisting and they quote said, though there is no evidence, suspect it was a bomb. And, and it's just like, you know, the words of fear that are used in this culture that so many people buy into and how words based in love, words based in peace, people who are about having a conversation about peace are marginalized in many cases you know, look at the uh, the peace protests that happen, where people peacefully gather and yet they're marginalized, they're put off. In in one case, I'm not sure whether it was Chicago, they they put them off in a a, a bus depot that was an old shut down toxic bus depot, just because they were wanting to have a conversation about, hey, how about if we create a peaceful world? How about if we have peaceful conversations with our brothers? And you know the words that uh, Mr. Trump's been using don't inspire me very much, but I did find it kind of inspirational to hear him say that he's, if he were elected, and you know, 
his conversation about you know choosing to commit war crimes and killing women and children is pretty crazy. But I was inspired by the fact that he had the courage to stand up and say that he would have a dialogue with the leader of North Korea. And, you know, where it's everybody's been shaking their fists and their fingers at anybody who would dare to talk to an enemy out of the, the U.S. establishment. It's just like, you know, it's, it's time for us to start having a different kind of conversation and, and to be the determiner of our own conversations rather than leaving to the media or the local authority or the church or, or anybody else to really take responsibility for and have our own conversations, I think, is so important. Definitely, words are a, a key in the whole process. So, Jeannie, anything happening in the chat room? Anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? There are no hands up and no questions, so we've got plenty of time. Press 1. Come on out and play, people. Yeah, put your hand up. You know, what what kind of words are you finding? Oh, let's go for it. 760, you're on the air. Hey, good morning, afternoon. This is Anne in Ocala. Hey there, young lady. Good to hear your voice. Looking forward to seeing you in a few weeks with your daughter. Yes, it's coming up soon, isn't it? (laughs) It is. I wanted to um, piggyback on what went on yesterday on the show, and just um, I think it was Phil, was his name Philip at the end there? Um, because yes. I yeah, Philip. I I experienced what he was talking about, and I just I don't know if he's listening today. Encourage him that you know I haven't been doing this work very long, and I am still practicing, um, getting the commitment consistent. However, with my great um, accountability partner, Gail, you know, I am pushed sometimes beyond where I'd like to go, but it's necessary. It's kind of like what um, Dr. Tim was talking about when there's just one or two people, and in our case, just two people accountable to each other. Um, amazing things can happen, um, and some of us need a a push now and again. But um, what I had come on one of my sheets was, um, it was about myself. And I had drilled down to the um, number seven there where I structured a truly loving goal toward myself. And for me, it helped to, to um, I've learned to do it with myself. I talk to her like she's another person. So it's Anne um, that I'm saying, even though I'm talking about me. So the revelation that I came up with is I couldn't even finish this loving, supporting goal I had started to write. Um, And I couldn't figure out why. Well, then I kept you know, trying to repeat it again, and finally got through it. It took a couple of times because I got really emotional, but I was breathing. I'd breathe through, and I'd read it again, and I got a little bit further, and then finally I'd read it again. So I'm going to read it, which is what it, it really opened up was a bunch of more worksheets, of course. However, cool. 
what Gail suggested and what I agreed with is I, I need to deal with this first because it is about my mom. And I haven't thought of her as a power person as much as my step-dad, but I see where because I grew up under her and she was divorced early, six or seven-ish, and so you know I've heard all your stuff about divorce and I shake my head and breathe with the people <laughs> talk about the repercussions for us children, and since I'm the only one, um, I see where a lot of that comes from. But anyway, this is where it, it went, um, that I structure a truly loving goal toward Anne and offer to her my, whoops, I'm sorry, uh, no, no, sorry, <laughs> offer to her my support to find the tools to find and use the tools to help her stay on track with her commitment of two times a day, worksheet, two worksheets a day by the end of May. Because um, I'd had a goal a couple of weeks ago for that, and I wasn't getting there, wasn't getting there. So um, my goal had been to complete two worksheets a day by the end of the month. So I, I was getting so emotional because when I said my support to myself, that I saw that I hadn't had any support anytime I didn't complete something or a commitment for something, and I wrote a lot of notes, you know, and it was about my mom, and it was because she had to go to work, and she wasn't there for that support. Um, for emotional things, tangible things, what I... What I wrote down was the tangible things were there. She sewed for me. She, you know, sewed clothes and just there was that tangible thing. And I've seen myself all these years, tangible things I could fix and deal with. But the emotional is where I've struggled. And so it just came up and so I've got a couple more goal sheets on, you know, what I was crying about, what I wanted, the, the goals that I wanted for her, and that was to, um, like, one was to give me private lessons for piano playing because she'd sold our piano. She had to go to work. She needed the money, so she sold our piano, so I never got any training from her. And um, goals like for her to love me, goals for her to believe me over my stepfather um, when there was an incident with him trying to... Um, French kissed me, and that was all he ever did, but then she went and married him anyway. Goal for her to stay a single mom. Goal for, I mean, all these goals and all these things I'm going to be working on. But I just, it took me three times to read that. Loving goal. I hear you. I go, oh, you know? <laughs> well, and when you recognize yourself as an energy system, think of this in terms of energy dynamics. When I'm going to put a new higher energy that I plan on integrating into the system, everything that's unlike that energy obviously is going to have to come up and move out of the system. Yeah. So every time in every every arena where you choose something higher than where you've been living, you're going to have to process the lower. You know, is this part of the part of the process. You know, imagine you've got a an old stinky house that's uh, you know got you know uh, animal car, you know old mice and dead mice and and it, it smells pretty bad. And you say, well, you know, I'm I'm gonna 
clean this house up and hell it, have it smell, smelling like a rose, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to handle every cockroach, every mouse, every. I'm going to have to handle everything that prevents it from smelling like a rose. And that's the work, you know. And ultimately, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the experience of holding a newborn and, and everybody describes a newborn as love. And then the newborn comes into the world and the thumbprints are put on the child. And in order to, and ultimately the goal of this work is to really truly incarnate as that active presence of love that we started out with to fully move into this structure to every cell as the presence of love, which means what you're going to have to process out everything that's unlike love, every, every thumbprint, every genetic thing that's been resonated that's unlike love is going to have to be dealt with. And so it's a significant amount of work and that's why a lot of people resist it and don't want to go there. Uh, yeah. Until, of course, once you understand the benefit of it, it's like, gee, I get to live in a house that smells like roses. How cool is that? But it's a, it's a process for sure. So nice catch. Nice, uh, nice piece of work to keep at it until you move through to the other side of it. Yes, yes, and I like that analogy of the smelly house because I hated cockroaches, and we had them in our house when I was growing up, and and then my daughter would resonate with the mice. She was scared. Not that we had them, but when she was on her own. And um, But, yeah, and, and it's like um, you said before, and Dr. Tim has reiterated this, I think, too, is that we want to give up. I have, speaking for myself, yes, I've wanted to quit and, and just because I wasn't getting my commitment fulfilled and my goals met. Um, but when this broke through yesterday, it's like, wow, no, I now I'm inspired to continue. And I've seen the benefits of just dealing with my friend next door. And yesterday I caught myself trying to repeat some good that I did. And I realized it's because I wanted that compliment and wanted those things that I didn't get when I was younger and more. And I go, okay, uh, yeah, I I cannot. So, like, today I was going to go with my husband to rehab and ask a question. I said, no, no, this show and this support, because it's so fantastic, um, is more important and to continue on and get these worksheets done um, because, of course, my ultimate goal is to get there this summer you know, not only to be there with my daughter, but um, and then do my own thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, kudos um, for you quitting. You know, as you were saying, um, and for Dr. Tim, Dr. Androcki, all these people that I've heard that call in us support, and and the other day, just listening to that new person, just you know, coincidentally coming across the radio show. Chris, I think his name was. Um, just listening to all that stuff is just so supportive. Anyway, so I'm blessed, and I will back down and just listen. And thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Love. Delighted, 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 and uh, honored that you're choosing to do your work. It, uh, it opens a space for everyone, everyone on the planet who's never been touched by the work to, uh, to be a little more receptive, to, to create a different space, a different energy on the planet. So... Thank you. Much, much appreciation for what you're doing. Fabulous. Thank you. Amen. All right. Take care. Blessings. Okay. Jeannie, do we have anybody else with a hand up?
We do not. Or anybody in the chat room with the conversation going on. Oh, a hand just went up. Awesome. 616, you're on the air. Um, hello, uh, this is Maureen from Grand Rapids. Well, hey there, young lady. Good to hear your voice. Hello, thank you, and, and thank you for that. I, I, I appreciate somebody uh, like hearing my voice. Well, we we love and appreciate the input that you give and the creativity, especially that you're using in relationship to your daughters and raising them. It's just awesome. Oh, well, thank and you. I'd like I'd like to throw in Maureen after you sent me a text that um, about the uh, anger eaters or or whatever they were called. I can't remember. Um, Michael and I bought dolls for uh, Addie and for Riley and Jacob and had them sent to them. So um, our grandkids already are working with it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one for for my daughters as as well and uh, recommended them even for, um, you know, uh, middle school uh, counselor um, was looking for something that was more tactile, so I recommended it to, for their office. So, I know adults that could use an anger-eating doll. Uh, yes, I I I, I have some worry <laughs> on, on, on my mind today, and I could uh, I, I could use mine as well. I could use my daughter's right now as well. But well, I'd I, I'd run over and write it on a piece of paper and drop it in there, and then. And then when you're not thinking about it, go put a heart in its place. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, but, cool. but, but, but then, I, but then I, I might have had the spirit-inspired thought of, or you could call into the radio show. Like, okay, I'll call into the show because I'm crazy like that. Um, so how can but, you support me uh, today? Hey, well, well. Um, one thing that I've been doing is going into classrooms and, and reading an uh, inspirational book. Um, the, it, the the book uh, that I've been reading is called You're Here for a Reason, and I highly recommend it for both um, children and adults. It's kind of one of those b- books that is as helpful to adults. Um, but what I've also, and, and I've gotten... Um, permission from like the principal to do that but what I kind of added on to that um, and I have some worry about it today that I hope to somehow cancel um, is that I've kind of been walking the students through the goal canceling process before I do that just to kind of plant some seeds And, and why would that be a worry well, well, I I kind of worry about like how uh, I did it today, and I kind of worry about how one of the teachers might have perceived it. Mhm. Um, and, and and you know I've like no you know factual basis. He's kind of like a, a neutral type guy. Um, and, right. and I've only you know do, uh, just met him where you can't really tell if he's pleased or displeased mm. so um in my uh worry trapped uh perception 
I'm taking it right now that he's uh, displeased. He, you know, he could have been pleased. I, I don't know. And then I, I know. Well, let me ask. Talk- yeah. Let me ask a, maybe a silly offhanded question, but when you were a kid, how how was it to tell whether or not your power person was pleased or displeased with you? Uh, well, uh, um, if it was my twin sister, uh, she, uh, she, she would, um, you know, uh, plainly let you know if she was displeased with you by pushing every button. Um, if it was my dad, I, um, I couldn't quite tell because he was more of a withdrawal, um, type, uh, power person. So it sounds like maybe this teacher that you say is a neutral perhaps ties in using a different word, but it sounds like perhaps similar to dad's withdrawal and not communicating. And it sounds like perhaps uh, some worksheets around people communicating with you, what's going on for them. And being there for you might be uh, might be appropriate. Yeah, I, yeah um could actually uh, use that with some some other, you know, hope for uh, reactions um, from some of the uh, other creative things that I have uh, been uh, sharing with people and haven't gotten a, a response from is that I'm assuming they just don't like it and feel rather vulnerable, you know, not having... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but you know, I guess you know if I don't have positive feedback, then I take it as okay. I'm crap. You know, <laughs> I think I've done something wrong mm. now. So how about a mind shifter? Okay. It's safe and healing it, for me to it, always presume. It is safe and healing for me to always presume to always presume uh-huh that people approve of what I'm doing unless they communicate otherwise. they communicate otherwise. And do you think it's possible that your power person might have been withdrawn because of fear of disapproval? Maybe you learned to presume disapproval instead of approval? Uh, yeah, perhaps. And yeah, I think I might uh, do that with my daughter as well. So... Great. Uh, uh, that's a uh, that's a really good eye opener of of how I interact with my daughters. Hmm. So perhaps uh, one of the lessons here is to be more forthcoming by communicating your approval or 
if there's disapproval, communicating that too. That 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 is very eye-opening. Uh, and it just so happens that I you know have a a good thirty-day window of doing at least seventy times seven uh, worksheets on this. Hmm. Cool. Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll hold the space. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. Delighted. Glad to be on your team, and we are certainly delighted to have you on ours. Uh, 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 We've actually got a we've got a chiropractor friend here in uh, Sarasota that uh, we've known for several years, and uh, we had dinner with him the other night, and uh, we're going to uh, to get together next week and watch Inside Out with him. He hasn't seen it yet, and he and his girlfriend are going to set aside the time we're going to watch Inside Out. Oh well, wonderful! Uh, I I was actually using the Inside Out dolls with a, a second grade class today, of of showing how them how to uh, let go of their fear and embrace joy. Mm. So, to, uh, to, so that it was uh, um, and you know that teacher was was very positive, so, so that went over well, but. You know, it was just a cool way to get into schools also to, uh, you know, um, plant seeds for, for this work. So I'm excited, you know, excited to do that. Um, what a gift. Yeah. What a gift to give those kids. So, uh, so hopefully I I will be allowed to con- continue to do that well we'll hold the space that you are and you know at some point you might want to have a conversation with julie haverstick around what you're doing you know julie was an inner city school teacher and the the way she took the tools into the classroom and what she did you know she wrote the book healing children loving children and uh the way she did that and i I can remember times when julie would call me and She'd say, I took a well day off. So much came off up for me at school yesterday that I took a well day off today, and I'm on my 30th worksheet. And she would do her work around what happened in the classroom with kids, having had some challenges as a kid herself in school, and just gave these kids so many gifts. I know one of the, the stories that really delights me, one year she did as a project, she gave the kids commitment T-shirts. This is like kindergarten kids. And then three or four years later, these kids who've outgrown these T-shirts, she she shared that every once in a while, one of the kids would come into their class, her classroom, come and visit her. You know, they're still in the same school. Would come visit her, and they'd have a shirt on, and then they'd pull up their their overshirt and show her that they were they were wearing this, you know, <laughs> this. <laughs> Um, commitment T-shirt as an undershirt that they, you know, they'd grown out of it. But look, see, I'm still, I've got the commitment. So, you know, the, I mean, the lifetime gift that uh, someone doing what you're doing gives children is just amazing. The hope you can give, the change in thinking you can give, the tools you can give them that, that they may never otherwise see. I was talking to someone today who, uh, 
lives in Lansing, Michigan, and they were talking about how, you know, they had sponsored an event that brought some of the forgiveness tools to people. And the, the conversation was about how, why didn't I know? Why don't I know these things exist? Why didn't anybody ever tell me? And you look at people, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, and nobody ever told them that they could actually change their thinking and change the content of their minds. You know, that, and, and to give that to a kid at that age is just, I mean, the lives you're changing, you will never be able to count up. I, I hope oh, nice so. work. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm sick of hearing um, of kids uh, wanting to take their own lives, and I hope by just planting seeds, they, uh, you know, uh, they don't get to that point. Well, so. I certainly join you in that thought, and I'd invite you to stay well, even if you think about or you hear about that event happening. Notice your speech. It's about getting sick. And you might want to shift out of that. Maybe do a worksheet or two around uh, being sick over events outside of you and knowing that you can stay well, whatever's going on around you, and be more empowered to deliver more support. Uh, Another eye-opener. Thank you. Glad, glad, glad to be on the team. Thank you. Uh, Nice work. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to print out some worksheets and uh, and take a a, a, a well lunch um, after uh, finishing uh, listening listening to the end of the show. All right. All right. You have a blessed right. day. Lots of love. Thank you. Bye. All right. Jeannie tells um, me that Doctor Andraki's on the line. How do you be, young man? Yes. Hello, Stephen. How do you be? Well, I wonder if we lost him. He's maybe still he's driving on there, and I've got mountain. him on. Yeah, maybe he has a bad signal or something. He might be driving across the mountain. I know we lose a signal when we're there. And or he might be mute challenged. Uh, Stephen, have you got your mute button on by chance? Okay. Okay, we do have another caller, and I think that this one, this one is, uh, well, I think this is Rex five one seven. You're on the air. Yes, it is. Hi, everybody. Hey, young man, how do you be? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, A couple things I wanted to acknowledge the conversation about uh, children and the process. the two things that I, I thought might be helpful for all of us to hear and reinforce uh, is the idea of what the primaries and the uh, publicity, publicity with, you know, Mr. Trump and, you know, our uh, Bernie Sanders and Clinton and all the conversations that are being run over and over again and the, and right. the nuances and all the process. I got a... Uh, a, a brochure, kind of like a little booklet from the Teaching Tolerance Institute, the Southern Poverty Law Center that supports um, right. Human, right. human justice in, in, the, uh, in, the, right. in the country. Right. And they did a, 
survey, they said that it wasn't by any means extensive, but they surveyed over 2,000 teachers from kindergarten to grades 12, and they gave the results of that survey. And in the survey, they asked questions about, you know, candidates and the effect it may be having on children and the primaries and all the publicity and so on and so forth. And they were very specific in one of the main things that really caught my attention was tons of work has been done to uh, limit and restrict and actually uh, reduce the bullying that's been taking place. And in a short time of the distance since the primary started, the bullying has not only re re rebounded, but it's increased substantially from the time they were before they started really addressing it. And wow. it's, it's events that are that are reflecting the importance of us as individuals and collectively doing our work, but also reaching out to children. Uh, they went on to say that the process that's happening in the schools, there's children of color, and this isn't just uh, Muslims or, you know, uh, the Mexican uh, race or, or anyone, it's anyone of color other than white. They found that they had from very young ages to as old as uh, seniors in high school, concerned about whether they were going to be deported that day, carrying their um, uh, yep. birth certificate with them to school. And, you know, and one of the main things they said, and this is where they had specifically a child they had identified, and this came up a number of times with this one specifically, was that if Trump was elected as president, that they feared they would just be killed. And well, the, crazy, isn't it? I'll breathe with you, Rex. Yeah, that it is it, definitely resonating some sadness in me, and and uh, you know, remembering some of my own experiences as a, as a child of being alone and feeling things, but certainly not that I would be shipped out to another country or that I wouldn't be allowed to be a citizen of the country I was in. And, and the uh, potential ramifications of that as a child was a big part of the article or a big part of the booklet. And they talked about how it was extremely important. The teachers were be, being told they were given a gag order that they couldn't discuss politics in class with these kids. And kids were yelling things in the classroom outward just yelling them during the class about, you know, politics and about how they're going to, you know, get rid of you and we're going to get, we're going to send you back to where you belong and, build and a wall. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, build a wall and fighting and, and, and fist fights happening and just, it's a reflection and we're and just praying about and just really opening my heart, wanting to do, what can I do, and, you know, and, and we're doing that. We're all doing it in our own ways. We can always step up more, I think. But to reach out to the children and make sure that we're available as a representation of love and for all children, because you might think or people might think that it's the um, children of color or of different race that will, uh, you know, get the major negative ram ramifications. But the, what they're missing is that the children, the, the children that are of white, the Caucasian children are suffering greatly as well to be taught some of these things that are so erroneous and just absolutely insane. 
So yep. Got to be careful of the source of the word. I, I, I'm not remembering his name right now, but uh, the young man who created the uh, the video on uh, McDonald's. Um, fat, uh, what was the name of that McDonald's? I remember the name of the movie, The Supersize, Supersize. It, but I don't remember his name. Supersize me, right. The young man who did that did a uh, a program. He had a television program, and he did a program where there was a man in Texas who was self-appointed border patrol and was in a, a really vicious conversation about Mexicans and keeping them across the border and all of that. And he did a show where he got this guy to agree with to come and visit a Mexican family. And they went to this family that was dirt poor in the States and struggling And they ended up, this guy, if I remember correctly, I may have the details off a little bit, but they had this guy, they went to Mexico to where this family had lived and saw the travesty of the conditions that they were in and began to see these people because he was with them over an extended period of time as other human beings rather than images in the brain structured by violent words and this man became you know made a shift into becoming a supporter of these immigrants and the um, the healing of the trauma that they had gone through and the terror at having to go back to that I mean just you know poverty that we can't even imagine here that exists in places like Mexico. And so I certainly hear you loud and clear and it is time for everybody to speak up and to speak up into the face of authority that is still holding vicious words, vicious thoughts and vengeance and be the space for healing to happen in those conversations and for awareness to come is uh, I think one of the biggest gifts we can give the world. Well, I appreciate that, Michael. I uh, Part of that whole process for me is just, you know, children are just so incredible. We're all incredible. And children especially hold that, that presence of love so much more, so much more easily, so much e- more easily. And I, it just there are there are there are future you know they're the future of our world and and this what has happened as far as I can see and what I'm experiencing is that the whole debates I'll call them um, the way the primaries have been run the way the speakers including Trump you know all of them have been talking to various degrees um, and the excitement that is generated negative and positive in people is there all the time. They're bringing it out. And I think that's a plus that we all have the opportunity to pay attention to is that it's coming for, forward and it's, it's a consciousness that exists in people that, you know, is either not looking at it or aren't willing to step out and bring it out. Well, now we're bringing it out in the public eye and it's becoming very blatant 
and it's a statement as to what we have all co-created in some way or another uh, of a negative side in our in our world in this country and it gives us an opportunity to look at that inside ourselves and change it you know and then step out into the world and and and, and do something different you know that's going to support change and I, I one other thing that I wanted to share and maybe Dr. Andraki may have come back on but I, I want to share uh, an incident that is sad and I would encourage everyone to breathe while I share it um a young man was uh, very depressed here in our local community. We didn't know him, but he, he, was grow, he grew up or he's living in the city that Mitzi grew up in, Charlotte, which is about 15 miles from us. Evidently, he was having some great deal of difficulty, very sad and um, depressed, and um, so his mom was very concerned about him. She took him to uh, the community mental health, the local community mental health, and they would not, as I understand it, again, I don't know this, I didn't, I wasn't there, I don't know if it's accurate assessment of what really happened, but as I understand it, um, he was rejected because they had regular insurance. They didn't have, they had their own personal insurance, which didn't make any sense to me, but for some reason they, they sent him away. And then they took him to an emergency hospital, and evidently he was sent away then as well. Um, the next day, he uh, was sitting on the viaduct over a uh, on a highway, and evidently had just decided he was going to end his life and and jumped off in front of a car. Um, one of my clients happened to see him sitting on the viaduct and was riding with her father. She's an adult, but she was right. They were doing something, and they uh, he they saw him sitting there, and she said, "Well, do you think we should stop and check on him to see if he's okay?" And uh, he the father said, "No, I think he seems okay. He's probably just sitting up there hanging out because that's what it looked like." Um, but I think, and it was the next day at the same place is where they found him. You know, he stepped off the on the viaduct. It wasn't that day, but. Um, it just reflects to me the the system that we have established needs work. It needs a lot of support, the systems to change, and each of us have the responsibility to do that in our own way. Um, it's one of the major motivations for our tax-exempt organization, the sister organization, the Hattache International, um, that we are forming and in the process of developing that we will have that and have the funds that we can advertise resources for people like this young man to be able to move forward and 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 uh, get help immediately when it's needed and those are the things i wanted to share and i did use up a lot of time i apologize but i thought them a value for all of us to hear and reinforce and you know just send prayers every day and petitions for all those of us that are you know not crazy we're just a little unwell so you know, and, and for help us all to, to find the, the peace and love in our hearts. So that's what I have to offer today, and, and God bless you, and God bless everyone. Hi, Rex. Thanks for that Hi, input. I, I did that a quick input. search I as you were talking, and I see they're calling it the Trump effect. The impact on bullying in schools and children, is it's got a name. It's called the Trump effect. And it's like how bizarre that this person could actually end up being the leader of the free world. 
How bizarre. Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention, Rex, and uh, we'll be holding this space for sanity. I, I, I think it would be awesome if the first qualification to run for political office in America or in the world would be that you had to have a human life. You had to function with the active presence of love in your body before you could run. I think it would change the game dramatically. Shall we check back in and see if Dr. Andraki is uh, uh, with us, Jeannie? He has not come back on, so maybe that was an accidental press one or something, but uh, I don't see his number down through the list of numbers either, so perhaps he got sidetracked. So we've got only about three minutes. Well, there's time for one quick call then. And if we're not going to get a hand coming up, then we invite you to take a look at our schedule for this summer. We'll be doing a nine-day Why Is This Happening to Me Again. We'll be doing a 10-day Food Fund Forgiveness and Work Project where we work on the property and upgrade things at Heartland and then do workshops in the evenings and Still Point Breathing on Saturday. Uh, we'll do that as a 10-day project. And then we've got a 16-day Laws of Living. So if anybody's ready to take your work to the next level, you can uh, jump on whyagain.org and uh, up to the right, up in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see the word flyers. If you click on that, it'll take you to a uh, flyer for this summer, and uh, we'd love for you to come and join us. We've also got a uh, fundraising project going on. If anybody is benefiting from this work and you'd like to help give us a boost to uh, take it to the next level of making it available, we're working on creating a members area on our website. And uh, in order to bring that to fruition, we've got to take all of our videos from over the years and convert them to new technology, which is not something we were anticipating was going to be part of this project. So, you know, basically what we do each year is we look at how much money do we have, what projects can we do to take the work to the, work to the next level. And we start in this members area without being aware that uh, in order to get the uh, new DVDs converted and ready to go, that uh, we were looking at a $10,000 bill on top of everything else we had planned. So that project's kind of sitting still at this point. If you'd like to help us to uh, to complete it, uh, Jeannie has put a, uh, a link on the website. You could just uh, jump on whyagain.org and take a look at that project and get some of the details, and uh, we'd be much appreciative of support, assistance in doing that. Dr. Tim, do you have any last words to offer before we close the show out? Just breathing and tapping and willing to do worksheets on whatever comes up in me when I hear news like what Rex is sharing. Yeah, it's pretty bizarre, isn't it? Well, the willingness to do my work, that's what I can contribute. Hey, I certainly join you in that. I join you in that. All right. Well, we thank you for joining us. Go ahead. Ten seconds. Well, have a great day. Create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and myself, Jeannie Rice. 
as we present the Internal Aramaic Process of Forgiveness. We are here every Monday through Friday from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern Time on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael, myself, or Aramaic Forgiveness, please visit www.whyagain.org. That's www.whyagain.org. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.